we're also very aware that the regulatory sort of environment and, and demand for regulatory uh, safety and patient safety continues to rise. And of course, this is absolutely critical that it does to make sure that when a patient takes a, a drug and a, and a therapy, it's going to be as safe as possible. So we really have our ear to the ground really on this, making sure that we comply and, and really help clients get through, you know, the drug developers get through these regulatory uh, procedures as smoothly as possible. And so they have a molecule that's going to be as, as safe as possible once they, they get to that uh, inhuman trial and then into the clinic, hopefully as well. So the retrogenics platform is really evolving to meet this ever increasing and ever expanding demand for more confidence in terms of safety standards for patients. As anyone in the industry will tell you, the journey of the drug developer is not for the faint of heart. For a drug candidate to finally reach market, it takes an average of 14 years and $2.6 billion. But it's not just about staying power. Nine in 10 drug candidates never win approval. Which begs the question, who's developing the one in 10? And what is their secret? I'm Gina Mullane, and in this episode of Vital Science, Chris speaks with Nick Brown from Charles River High Peak about the early screening solution being used by the world's top 20 drug developers. We'll learn how the Retrogenics platform helps researchers gain valuable insights about their candidate, including potential off-targets and safety in vulnerable populations before it ever hits the clinic. Nick, welcome to Vital Science. Pleasure to have you here. Can you tell us more about yourself and your role at Charles River? Yeah, thank you very much, Chris. It's uh, great to be here. Thanks for having me. I am the group leader of the client services team here at Charles River High Peak. Uh, we are a site within the Charles River Laboratories family based in the High Peak in England, in the UK, um, in between Manchester and Sheffield in the north of England, to be precise. I have a, a master's in stem cell regenerative medicine from the um, University of Sheffield, and I also worked there for a time looking into stem cell and advanced therapeutic um, development as well. So I have a background in biological sciences, and then moved across into the sales and business development side of things for Retrogenics Limited, um, covering Asia Pacific and also North America as I, as I went along my career, and now, as I say, group leader of the client service team for, for Charles River. Just as a note there, Retrogenics was there acquired by Charles River Laboratories last year um, and now sits within the Charles River family of technologies, uh, as mentioned. The Retrogenics technology provides the opportunity to generate a greater understanding of potential drug candidates. Can you explain to us how this works? So this is a really unique platform and it's really exciting for the drug development and, and discovery community to use. Um, so over 13 years ago, the developers of this platform initially um, identified targets, basically biological targets that surround a human cell. And this was done using previous research, uh, literature reviews, so reading papers, and also using computers, bioinformatic analysis to actually generate a list basically of these targets that cover a human cell. These targets are common uh, things that drugs bind to, to um, essentially uh, make a response. So this is what drug developers use to influence a change and hopefully resolve an issue or a toxicity that's being developed in a human. Um, so using this list of targets, we then identified a way to essentially 
represents each of these targets in, an, in a synthetic way um, using a laboratory setting. So without using animal models or humans, we can represent these targets synthetically and, and we can actually screen drugs and, and developing molecules and therapeutics over this platform where we have these individually uh, represented targets. And this allows us to confirm that they're binding to the primary targets, what they're intended to bind to, but also potentially binding to something that could be a safety issue. So, so something that they're not uh, designed to bind to as well. Um, and this, this library really covers a huge array of different human targets and allows us to really extensively and comprehensively screen molecules before they go inside humans or even inside animals as well for, for various purposes. And why is it important that researchers cast such a wide net at this early stage? As mentioned, drugs and therapies typically have a target that will cause a therapeutic effect when introduced to, a, to the human body. Um, Off-targets are unexpected and unintended binding events to other things in the human body. Um, so this platform really provides a tool that helps to check a therapy binds to what it's meant to bind to and doesn't bind to any of these off-targets, which could cause nasty side effects or issues further down the line. Um, and these, these can vary from kind of minor side effects all the way through to, to major issues and even fatalities in, in some cases as well. So it's absolutely critical that you confirm that the molecule binds to what it's meant to bind to, for example, a, a cancer target, and doesn't bind to uh, a normal target, a normal tissue target, or something that could cause a, an issue that you're not intending, you know, a toxicity that you're not intending. Identifying precisely how a biological or chemical entity interacts with the human cell is fundamental to furthering our understanding of normal biological and disease processes. It also reveals the mechanism of action of drugs and their potential for toxicity. The cell microarray screening provides a fast, accurate, and effective solution for discovering the human cell surface and secreted protein targets of antibodies, proteins, viruses, and small molecules. What's unique about retrogenics is that it isn't discriminatory. It doesn't target specific tissues, like heart or lung tissue. It can be used across therapeutic areas, screening test ligands, or binding against over 6,300 full-length proteins that are individually overexpressed in human cells. Let's hear more from Nick on one therapeutic area where this technology has been a game changer. I think a, a major um, space that we cover is the cancer oncology space. So really these advanced therapeutics, it's absolutely critical that you make sure that they're safe and they're, um, they're able to be applied to um, obviously very, usually very sick and immunocompromised patients who, who may have various forms of cancer. Um, so some of these advanced therapeutics are starting to come into the clinic now. But as I mentioned, oncology is a, a very prominent area that we work in. But across the board, this, this platform can be used for various different indications and different types of drugs as well. Retrogenics offers one of the largest protein libraries. What is unique about it and how does it enhance large molecule cell therapy discovery and preclinical safety capabilities? A, a key time that this library is used is in the preclinical space. So in a drug discovery and development program, you have various stages and various, um, I guess, uh, well, hurdles is a bit of a negative word, but various uh, stages that a molecule has to go through before it gets to the end point, which is, you know, in clinic and, and being delivered to human patients. 
So one area that we um, specialize in and, and we focus in is the preclinical development space, which is before the molecule has got into the clinical trials, which um, uh, listeners may be familiar with. Uh, and this is where we start to test the molecule, how it actually interacts with humans and and how it actually you know, potentially affects humans positively and, and negatively. So it's important to gain as much data as possible in the preclinical stage so that you're confident that the molecule can progress into in-human trials. Um, so we, we specialize in this preclinical stage um, and we are a kind of we can be used as a final safety check before a molecule progresses in the into the inhuman uh, testing phases. Um, so we can support other techniques, other more traditional techniques, but also in some cases we can provide a potential alternative to other more traditional techniques as well. So this platform doesn't use any human tissue or any animal models. So it's a very, um, you know, in terms of ethical considerations, it's a very simplistic platform. It can be used um, readily uh, and the lead times are, are low as well. So it's really accelerating the process in terms of getting that molecule to the clinic and to patients uh, in the, you know, which is obviously the goal of this uh, drug development process. The Retrogenics platform also provides a powerful alternative to animal testing, which is in line with the philosophy embraced by the pharmaceutical research community known as the three R's. The three R's is an ethical framework for performing more humane animal research that has been embedded in international legislation and regulations, as well as the policies of organizations that fund or conduct animal research. According to the three R's, researchers should, whenever possible, attempt to replace the use of animals in research, reduce the numbers of animals in a study, and or refine processes to minimize harm to research animals. So Nick, it's clear that this technology is making a huge difference in the research community. What does all this mean for patients? So this technology really allows drug developers to produce safer drugs and get them to the clinic and to the patients more quickly as well. Um, this is particularly important for, as I say, for, for therapies like um, oncology therapies, where you're dealing with very vulnerable patients, immunocompromised patients, um, but also for other vulnerable groups, it's important as well. Uh, so an, an example of how we're adapting the technology to cover uh, more vulnerable patients potentially uh, is the introduction of the prenatal protein library, which is a relatively new introduction. Um, and we've essentially identified key targets within a certain developmental window of a prenatal um, prenatal uh, patient. Uh, and we now overexpress these targets and include these targets in our platform. So this allows us to increase the confidence that when we screen a drug over them before it gets in human, the chance of a, an adverse off-target interaction is, is lower. Uh, and we have that increased confidence before it sees that inhuman trial. A good example of that is, is something called an antibody drug conjugate, which essentially combines the power of targeting with, a, with an antibody with a more um, aggressive payload, which is more of a traditional um, cancer therapeutic. With molecules like this, it's very critical that you have that, that uh, targeting and make sure that it's hitting the things that you expect it to hit. So as I say, if that goes into a vulnerable patient, it could be a, a, you know, a real issue. Um, an example of how we're, we're, we're addressing this as well is the prenatal protein library, which is a relatively recent addition to the Retrogenics platform. Um, and this is where we've identified critical targets in a certain window of development in a prenatal um, uh, person, a prenatal mother. Um, and we 
we actually have covered these targets in our library now. So when we screen a therapeutic over our library, we're ticking off those targets and saying, your molecule does not hit these, therefore um, we, we expect the risk of, of targets to be low in our hands. And this allows a greater level of confidence that these vulnerable patients can be included in clinical trials because you already have that data there that says, yes, this molecule is safe and it's able to be um, able to be taken by these uh, vulnerable patient groups. So that's already happened with, with a, a, a drug that we know of. I'm sure there will be future drugs where this is also applied to. Because there are many ethical considerations to weigh for this vulnerable and scientifically complex population, pregnant subjects have traditionally been an underrepresented group in human trials. Safety is of utmost importance, and the risks and benefits of treatment versus no treatment are closely scrutinized in clinical research design. By first conducting a screening with the Retrogenics platform, researchers can gain insight into the safety profile of their drug in pregnant women and potentially other vulnerable populations, giving them confidence in their decision when it comes time for clinical trials. We've talked quite a bit about clinical and preclinical research, but what impact does a screening library have on earlier stage therapeutic testing and their development? So, so I mentioned previously that we have the, the different stages in the, in the drug development process. Um, I've talk, talked about the preclinical uh, stage uh, and the, the, the sort of preclinical trial stage, which is the final tick, uh, as I described earlier. We can actually apply this platform at an even earlier stage than this. So before, typically a drug developer will start with a, you know, thousands of molecules and whittle this down over time and over testing to a handful, maybe even one. And this will be the molecule that progresses into the clinical trial and then into the clinic if it's safe. Um, what we can do is actually apply this at the, you know, the, the handful of molecule stage to check they're all safe, but we can actually apply it at an even earlier stage. So this gives the drug developers information even earlier to say which molecules are suitable for progression and which are safe, again, safety being the key thing here, which molecules are actually viable candidates to then progress into the later stages of, of preclinical testing, for example. Um, so the, really the main goal is to knock out unviable candidates using our platform. You, you can say candidate A is safe, that's that's clean. Candidate B hits something you don't want it to hit, so we can get rid of that one and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, this can really reduce the time commitments for this uh, testing. So again, this molecule can get through to clinic more quickly and, and start treating patients more quickly. Um, but also just, just building up that understanding and that data set of each molecule is really valuable. And it just, it helps, as I say, drug developers to pick the best candidates to move forward with. And again, increase the confidence that they're gonna be safe and efficacious once they get through to, to the clinic. And Nick, what's next for the Retrogenics Library? Yeah, so, so we're always looking to be as, as comprehensive and high quality as possible. So really, we want to give um, our clients and, and drug developers the best chance of spotting off targets at whatever stage that they decide to screen with us. So it's really this, this uh, balance and this focus on both the size and the, the, how comprehensive the library is versus the quality of the library as well. So we want to make sure that what we have in terms of our targets are as high quality as possible, and we don't give a, a set of data that's going to be confusing or um, uh, you know, challenging for, for people to interpret. Um, we're also very aware that the regulatory sort of environment and, and demand for regulatory 
safety and patient safety continues to rise. And of course, this is absolutely critical that it does to make sure that when a patient takes a, a drug and a, and a therapy, it's going to be as safe as possible. So we really have our ear to the ground really on this, making sure that we comply and, and really help clients get through, you know, the drug developers get through these regulatory uh, procedures as smoothly as possible. And so they have a molecule that's going to be as, as safe as possible once they, they get to that uh, in, in human trial and then into the clinic, hopefully as well. So the Retrogenics platform is really evolving to meet this ever increasing and ever expanding demand for more confidence in terms of safety standards for patients. So alongside the evolving industry and regulatory standards, um, there's also a ever expanding range of different types of molecules that drug developers are making to really increase and maximize the how a molecule actually interacts with a patient and get that get that um, results that we're looking for in terms of treating the disease or the illness. So I mentioned a, a molecule type earlier, an, an ADC, anti antibody drug conjugates, but there's also cell therapies, gene therapies, lots of other types of therapies that are more advanced. And um, from, from what we're seeing in terms of the initial data, actually showing a, a more of a response in terms of what they're actually treating uh, for these patients. So more of a response to, to cancer treatments, more of a response to other treatments as well. So to be able to screen all of these new types of molecules, again, on the platform really boosts the um, how it can be used by the drug developers to ensure that these different types of molecules are all safe or as safe as possible, again, before they're treated in patients as well. And of course, the amount of data that we have on these molecules is, is less than the more traditional types of molecules. So it's really critical that we have this um, this data set using the Retrogenics platform, which doesn't, as I say, doesn't use human tissues or animal models to really boost the confidence that they're going to be safe once they get into the, the final consumer, you know, the patient at the end of the day. And finally, the, the great thing about being part of Charles River uh, now, as I mentioned uh, from the acquisition last year, we now integrate into the wider process and process map that Charles River has. So we have a huge array of different services and studies that we can perform for drug developers. And we can take a molecule all the way from um, drug discovery and developments at the very start, right the way through to the, the clinical trials uh, and, and into clinic at the end. So we can really work with drug developers to make a molecule as, as powerful and as efficacious and as safe as possible. And the Retrogenics library and platform really fits very nicely into this workflow. Again, to make sure you have that confidence in the uh, and, and de-risking that molecule before it gets into the into the patient at the end of the day. Well, from everything we've covered, it sounds like the Retrogenics platform and technology will do great things for drug discovery. Nick, thanks for spending some time with us today on Vital Science. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. Nick Brown is group leader of the client services team at Charles River High Peak. In our next episode of Vital Science, we'll learn about how Valo Health's human-centric data and AI-powered computation are expected to revolutionize the drug discovery process. If you'd like to help support Vital Science, you can rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. Do you have a suggestion, idea, or a great story to tell? Share it with us at vitalscience at crl.com. Also, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Sounds of Science, focusing on innovation and trends in the life science industry. Thanks for listening to this episode of Vital Science. I'm Gina Mullane.